Hello, welcome to Powers Court's Friday Fix, our regular take on a big story of the week. I'm Julie Locke, a director in our financials team here at Powers Court. There's really only one story this week, that's of Liz Truss's resignation. I'm here with Mark Leffley, our head of public affairs, to get his take on events. Hi, Mark. Hello. So, Liz Truss has literally just stood down in the past couple of hours. Have you ever seen anything like this before? I don't think anyone has ever seen anything like this before, not in British politics anyway. It's it's absolutely staggering. I was thinking about this earlier. This must be the most gripping soap opera storyline since Who Shot JR in Dallas. Uh, EastEnders has got nothing on this, Corey, not even even a candle to it. We need some new writers for those shows. This is absolutely extraordinary. What we have seen is someone in 45 days crumble a premiership. There was no honeymoon period. Um, there was a death of the Queen, which obviously put things off a little bit as well. So she didn't lost any political momentum that she had. But to literally lose the faith of the people behind you, sitting behind you in that short space of time, never happened before. And now what we've got is the uh, shortest ever reign, I suppose, of serving Prime Minister in history, and by quite some way as well. What's the mood been like in the lead up to this? And you're, you're regular in Parliament? Yeah, well, so we were at um, a Diwali reception on Monday night, mainly Labour MPs. I've never seen the more buoyant um, Keir Starmer and Angela Rayner beaming at each other. They pretty much always had loggerheads, so it was amazing to see that. All of their advisers just absolutely looking stunned, to be honest, just thinking, like, well, we've got to start thinking about um, what we're going to do with our special advisor money when we get into power. But I bumped into uh, an MP, I've had a little bit to drink, but he bumped into an MP, but it was very friendly, and um, that Conservative was one of the earliest backers of Trust, and he was saying, you know, I'd just spoken to her, and she was saying, please save my job, basically. And he was sitting there like, well, actually, you've made such a mega mistake with the mini-budget that was in U-turns. There is no there is no way that you've got the support. And he predicted she'd be gone by Wednesday, and of course mm-hmm. it happened by Thursday in the end. But what I was telling was even the idea of who replaces her. They are very, very worried about the next general election and losing their seats and how bad it's going to be. No one is talking about winning. And if you go back one year, there was no way the Tory party were not going to win the next general election. I know other people say that's wrong, but Labour needs Scotland, by any traditional theory, they need Scotland to actually get back into power. And they're not going to get back Scotland back off the SNP. But there's a route now because the Tories have done so badly and what the Tories need to do is get back to 29-30% in the polls, something that's effectively their baseline. So whether their baseline collapses even lower and if it does, then we're going to see a wipeout. It's going to be quite extraordinary. But you, you, I mean, you cover the markets uh, since Trust has resigned. What has been the reaction then? Well, I mean, um, yeah, it's, it's literally been a couple of hours so far, but the you know, pound initially was up, up slightly. The market's indicating a little bit of relief, I guess. But there's still a load of uncertainty. You know, we work with a bunch of clients in the investments, wealth space, and a lot of the commentators there are are just saying, you know, this this really needed to happen to regain credibility for the UK in the eyes of the market. But there's still a lot of uncertainty out there. You know, we don't know what's going to come. This mini-budget take two on the 31st of October perhaps might create a little bit more uncertainty. But... Who knows? Well, that's one of the interesting things, of course, is Jeremy Hunt. Jeremy Hunt has immediately come out and said, I'm not going to stand again. Stood twice, lost twice. Andy Burnham could learn something from that if he tries to stand again for Labour. But he will be there, and presumably whoever wins, whoever becomes Prime Minister after Truss, will keep Jeremy Hunt in, in number 11 to maintain some sort of market stability. I mean, one thing we should talk about, and we're, we are recording this 
uh, late on Thursday. So there is no exact announcement yet from Boris Johnson. But if Boris Johnson comes back, I said about soap opera, mm-hmm. he is J.R. Ewing. You know, this is an absolute, uh, his story is beyond belief. Everything from pretty much sleeping on the floor when he was a kid, still going to Eton, rivalry with Cameron, being chucked out of the shadow cabinet, leading the country to Brexit, even just being there for the London Olympics, and then uh, losing his own power and authority so dramatically. All you need to cap off his career is a comeback. Do you think Boris is the Conservatives' best bet or best chance at trying to make a comeback? Mm, it's, I mean, it's, it's him or Sunak, presumably, would be the, would be the best too. I mean, I, I, I rate Penny Morden very highly. I think she's unrivaled on the Conservatives' dispatch box. Her and Emily Formbury for late, but you know, they're, they're both absolutely brilliant. Whether she quite manages to bring that to other aspects of her job, I'm not so sure. She was very wooden during the elite last leadership election. Um, she seemed to forget the key thing that she's about. She is the candidate you'd want to have a drink with, want to have a pint with or something like that. And she lost that kind of slight sense of humour. But I think if she can regain that, she'd be an interesting candidate. But I think the one for the history books is Boris Johnson coming back. However, it'll happen. Another thing, I mean, you might be happy going off and making a fortune with speeches. Uh, I know I would be. What would the dynamic be with him and Jeremy Hunt as a Chancellor? Well, it's an interesting thing. They, um, they weren't exactly uh, friends when they uh, stood against each other in 2019. I think whoever it is has got no choice. They need to keep Hunt on as Chancellor. We can't have yet another Chancellor this year and running out of how many that we've had. But, you know, we've had quite a few. What was actually interesting about trust the last 48 hours we said yesterday um, as soon as she said PMQs I'm a fighter not a quitter that was it we said that's it she's quitting very very soon but the only caveat we ever had to any of that was that actually would it bring more market stability having a prime ministerial change having another leadership election of course this one's only a week so not quite so bad but actually the markets are taken against us so much that um change of Prime Minister actually hasn't seen the effects. In fact, as you said, it's actually boosted to the pound a bit, a bit. So it shows you where the markets were. We're in the loss of faith for that. I do genuinely feel sorry for Trust. She never hid who she was. Um, she said all these things she was going to do. I don't buy that, that uh, what she had said ahead of the mini-budget was poorly communicated to the markets. I think everyone knew what she stood for. The only rabbit out of the hat was the 45p tax rate. And to be honest, even that had been trailed a little bit by a couple of... Uh, well-sourced, well, a couple of journalists with good sources. So I, I do feel that we didn't get any, I didn't feel we got any surprises from her, but maybe I'm in a minority on that. Although perhaps amateurish to go out with that ahead of the OBR forecast? Oh yes, absolutely. The scenes on Wednesday um, when Suella Braverman was was sacked in, in a slightly odd circumstances, what was happening in the division lobby over the fracking vote where it was it became a vote of confidence in the government, which was odd, it was one they were going to win anyway, and you had MPs who were opposed. It was just all so badly mishandled, and she didn't have the authority to do that either. No, I, th- I think there was um, there were some mistakes. I don't think her advisors are to blame either. I think what they came into was just something that no one could have ever expected. And this is a symptom of, I would say now, eight years. Well, you could even say 12, of such unusual politics. And is it inevitable that our next government will be a Labour government? Uh, I, I think it is now is now very likely. Um, I think you know, Keir Starmer has his critics, particularly on the left. I mean, I was quite staggered why earlier in the week as uh, Conservatives were crumbling, there was uh, Starmer out was uh, trending on Twitter among uh, among the Labour left, but um, which is quite funny anyway because actually Starmer isn't a Blairite. He's reasonably left wing. He's 
politics is probably broadly in line with Ed Miliband. It's very difficult to see how they lose it from here. Um, and I think a lot of Tories, what the real problem for them is they're going to lose a loss of second places and they're going to go from first to third in seats. And we saw this with the Lib Dems in 2015. That is what's hard to come back from, is losing that base. Um, and, and I think the Tories will struggle for a generation if they lose it next time. But yeah, you'd have to say that the money's on Labour and smart money's on Labour, where they are in the polls at the moment. But I would just caveat with what we've seen over the last 12 years, and particularly the last eight, anything really can happen. I mean, we had Theresa May, you know, managing to lose a majority when she should have been up by dozens upon dozens of seats if you looked at the polls just a month before and the local election results in 2017. So who knows what happened, but I would be surprised if, if it's not Keir Starmer who's the uh, Prime Minister after next if the Tories can hold on to a Prime Minister until the general election. Well, I guess let's see where we end up in the next week. So when will we hear? It's next, the next, next, fri- next Friday we get a new Prime Minister. Although I guess that depends partly on whether they can enforce the rules of doing it within a week. I was quite fascinated to see it was a it's a week long contest. You think the last time it took months and, uh, and we were waiting for so long. And how do you make sure the membership gets a proper say in that? I mean, some of those rules are coming out now. It's going to be tight. I'm surprised they haven't actually just gone and effectively coronated someone. That would have probably made a little bit more sense. But lots of people want to be PM even now. Wow. So. This time next week, we'll have a new Prime Minister, almost. And then only a few days after that, mini-budget take two. So, an interesting couple of weeks to come. Fun keeps coming. Thanks very much, Mark. Cheers.